Chapter Twenty Two of the Crimson Cryptogram by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twenty Two Janet's Discovery. On leaving Goethe Cottage, Ellis jumped on his bicycle and was soon spinning along the country roads which connected rural Parkmere with the more urban suburb of Dukesfield. Usually Ellis enjoyed the exhilaration of riding and the pleasure of admiring the scenery, but on this occasion, beyond the necessary guidance of his machine, he was preoccupied. It seemed strange to him that Garrett should so strongly object to Janet as a companion for his daughter. The captain was a supremely selfish man, as selfish in every way as Zirknitz, and more vicious. He was indifferent to his daughter, save that he looked upon her as a necessary link to bind him to Schwartz. Schwartz was clever and generous, and devoted to Hilda. He had plenty of money, and Garrett, the idle and dissipated, could not do without him. For the furtherance of his plans, he usually let Schwartz manage Hilda and Hilda's business as he pleased. It was, therefore, surprising that he should have taken so unusual a step as to object to Miss Gordon. "'Garrett and Schwartz can have nothing to do with the murder,' mused Ellis. They knew Moxton only slightly, and they had no motive to get rid of him. Indeed, his untimely death has lost Schwartz a good customer to his gambling table, if that exists, as is reported. At any rate, an assiduous attendant at his music-hall, Garrett was anxious on Schwartz's account, hence he warned him not to have Janet in the house. He thinks she is too clever. Perhaps he fancies she may learn too much. I am too fanciful, too suspicious. Yet Garrett certainly mentioned the murder. What is best to be done? Janet must go to Goethe Cottage to keep Hilda cheerful. But shall I tell her of the objections or this discussion? No, I will not bias her in any way. If there is anything to be found out, she shall discover it herself. To this wise determination, Ellis adhered. On seeing Janet that evening, he merely informed her that Hilda was mopish, and that he wished her to cheer the girl. Janet readily consented to this. "'I am very fond of Hilda,' she said earnestly. "'And you may be sure I shall do what I can. Does Mr. Schwartz want me to come?' very much tell me miss gordon what is your opinion of him i think he is a good man doctor several times i have been under the necessity of testing his kindness of heart and it has never failed me then look how good he is to poor hilda if she depended upon that selfish father of hers how wretched she would be yet she appears to be more attached to her father than to schwartz i dare say said janet somewhat cynically it is that frame of mind which created the proverb about virtue being its own reward people who do most are thought least of and it is your selfish person who gets all the love and praise look at my own case all my life i have put myself aside for rudolph and laura yet they think nothing of me they say they do mere lip service exclaimed miss gordon they would not do me a good turn however little trouble it might be laura is grateful to me now because she is yet in danger and i stand by her but when all is well she will think nothing of my services as for rudolph he would borrow my last sixpence and see me dying of starvation without returning so much as a single penny 
oh i am under no disillusion about my own folk doctor what i do i do from a sense of duty with regard to your sister i can say nothing miss gordon as i do not know her sufficiently well but zirknitz well he is a thoroughly bad lot and would sell his nearest and dearest at a price janet demurred i cannot believe that he is so wicked as that but he is and he proved it to me only the other day he told busham all about your impersonation of mrs moxton betrayed all your schemes and plans while you were fighting single-handed against overwhelming odds and this because busham paid him now thinking mrs moxton will recover her husband's fortune for i told him that the real will still existed he has betrayed all busham's secret doings to me what do you think of him now he is a scoundrel i will never speak to him again oh doctor if you only knew what i have done for that man i knew he was heartless and selfish but i did not think he was wicked heartlessness and selfishness usually terminate in wickedness said ellis sententiously however one good result has come out of his evil ways i have learnt all about mr busham's intrigues and i have given him a few days to own up that he killed edgar asked janet breathlessly no he did not kill him at least i don't think so but i have insisted upon his revealing the name of the assassin as i am certain he knows it in another three days he must tell the truth or i shall place the matter in the hands of the police oh but laura she will be arrested no i do this to save her from arrest busham knows nothing about the false will because i do not wish to drive him into a corner by telling him how he has been tricked but he might learn the truth from zirknitz to whom it had to be told that i might learn his true attitude on this matter if he does learn it he will have mrs moxton arrested only by a threat against himself could i keep him in hand what do you think he will do ah that i can't say i know much but not all and the smallest amount of ignorance in any matter is a bar to giving a reasonable opinion on it however time works for me and i shall be able to defend mrs moxton from her enemies go to goethe college miss gordon and cheer hilda do you think you can give her back her sight perhaps it is a difficult case i shall have to make another examination before i can arrive at any conclusion in the meantime i wish her to be lively and gay so you must realize that wish alas said janet with a melancholy smile i have too much experience of the world to be gay however i will do my best it will be seen from this last observation that janet was rapidly coming under the influence of ellis she was a clever woman and in her own way masterful therefore on finding someone stronger than herself she was prepared to obey him this sounds paradoxical but it is so especially in the relations of sex a woman must always succumb to a man if he be a man obedience is in the feminine blood notwithstanding the new woman janet knew from experience that ellis was kind and generous and was willing to help to the extent of his powers those in whom he believed now his duel with busham no mean adversary had given her an impression of his strength moreover she loved him and perhaps this was why she obeyed him without a struggle she felt the happier for such obedience although it was new to her when a woman finds her master in an honourable generous kindly man her happiness is assured therefore janet went to goethe cottage and was welcomed by hilda with enthusiasm the girl was fond of her and loved to be in such pleasant company 
warned by schwartz janet was careful to avoid the theme of the murder and indulged hilda in the light gossip of the day culled from society papers she talked of literature to the girl and read aloud to her she played and sang and made herself agreeable in all ways so that hilda became merry and happy in spite of her blindness on the occasion of janet's first visit captain garrett hung about in a nervous manner as though he expected some catastrophe to occur but as the sole result of janet's presence was to make hilda laugh the captain did not appear when she called again the next day what he dreaded janet could not conjecture the second visit was merely a repetition of the first but had in the end a far-reaching result hilda chattered and sang and talked to her birds and fluttered about the room like a bird herself she never made a mistake she never stumbled or hesitated the limits of the apartment the disposition of the furniture were known to her as well as though she had eyesight janet watching her gyrations could not forbear to make a remark to that effect upon my word hilda one would think you had eyes oh i know this room and my bedroom so well chattered the blind girl i have been here for nearly two years you know but the rest of the house is like the centre of africa to me she paused with a childish smile and clapped her hands let us go over it she said certainly if you wish but what good will that do i want to know how the rooms are furnished you shall take my hand and lead me through them describing everything that you see then i shall astonish papa schwartz and my father when they come home i suppose they will have no objection said janet hesitating of course not papa schwartz said that i could go anywhere so long as a friend was with me i stay in this room because i know it from experience and i might go wrong did i leave it but i am not afraid to explore the house with you dear janet you shall be my eyes come let us start on our expedition seeing no harm in this innocent proposal janet assented to it as a means of amusing hilda hand in hand the two girls walked into the drawing-room which janet described with all its hideous colouring hilda was shocked magenta and scarlet she said it sounds dreadful but you know nothing of colours hilda no but my dressmaker does and she said that magenta and scarlet were ugly i can't imagine them myself she saw the drawing-room and i merely re-echoed her opinion what is scarlet like janet it is a bright red but what is red like janet was puzzled she did not know how to describe the colour to one who had no conception of tint red is red she said at length i can say no more let us go into the dining-room hilda the salon proved to be less glaring than the drawing-room being papered and curtained and upholstered in dark green the windows were few and filled with stained glass so that the general effect was gloomy in spite of her blindness hilda felt this i don't like this room it is dark she said abruptly come away janet how do you know it is dark questioned janet as they went out i cannot say i feel happy in my own sitting-room because i know it is bright but here i feel wretched i can give you no reason but is it not curious janet i can always tell dark stuff from light i get a pain in my fingers when i touch anything black nonsense hilda 
well i can't describe my feelings any better to you one has to be blind to understand these things where are we now janet in mr schwartz's study it is decorated in dark red dark again hilda shuddered i don't like dark where is the desk just before the window where the light falls strongest lead me to it janet janet obeyed and hilda ran her fingers along the top of the desk then she made a discovery papa has left his keys she cried now i shall open all the drawers and take away the keys just to punish him for being careless oh hilda don't do that he might not like it yes he will papa schwartz is never angry at what i do the more reason not to abuse his kindness how severe you are cried hilda with a pout well i shall leave the keys but i shall open the drawers after all janet as i am blind i cannot see his secrets janet laughed but as what hilda said was true she made no further opposition while the blind girl was opening the drawers one after the other janet walked to the other end of the room to look at some pictures she was recalled by a joyous laugh from hilda and returned to find all the drawers open janet took the keys from her with gentle force my dear mr schwartz will not be pleased we must close these again oh very well said hilda carelessly i was only joking close them again janet this miss gordon was already doing she closed and locked the top drawers without looking much at their contents in the bottom right-hand drawer however she made a discovery which amazed her on the top of other articles she saw the red pocket-book end of chapter twenty two read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california